In the resurrection appearances, Jesus, he always carries his wounds. There's a couple things about the wounds that stuck out to me. The first is that his wounds are healed. So he carries these wounds on his hands and his side and his feet. They're not bleeding. They're healed. They are on his body for all eternity a reminder of the price of our salvation. And Jesus, on several accounts of the gospel, says that he appears to the apostles and he, sa- he says, peace be with you, and then he shows them his wounds. As if to say to them, you did this. This is your fault. But it's okay. Be at peace. I forgive you. That's what Jesus is all about. The forgiveness of sins. It's what he died for. The wounds are not a reminder so much of our sin as they are of his mercy, his forgiveness, his redemption. During World War II, there were many attacks, obviously, in Europe, and many carried out on the country of England. England was often bombed by German planes, and one specific city took the brunt of these attacks because it was an industrial city, a lot of factories, and they knew if they could shut down this city, they could destroy the factories, they'd shut down the supply chain to the rest of England. The name of this city was Coventry. Northwest of London. And during the war, about 350,000 people lived and worked in this city. On November 14, 1940, it experienced probably its greatest and most devastating attack. Air raids in World War II usually lasted a number of minutes. This attack lasted a couple of hours. 500 German bombers dropped over 36,000 bombs which set the entire city ablaze. It destroyed more than 60,000 buildings, not to mention the incredible loss of life. In fact, the attack was so devastating that the Germans coined a new word after it. From that night forward, whenever they carried out an attack that had been especially demoralizing and devastating, they would say that the target had been coventrated. One of the buildings that was destroyed in Coventry was St. Michael's Cathedral. You can look at it, you can visit still today. There's a few walls that are still standing over on this side and back here. And the big steeple is still there and a couple walls in the back. But the rest of it is completely decimated. And the people of that town of Coventry, they took two charred timbers from the roof and they put them in the sign of a cross. And they put it right in the sanctuary. And behind that, that burned cross, they carved two words into the back pillar of the church. You know what those two words were? After this incredible destruction, after the Germans have destroyed not only their city, but their families... In one of the most gruesome air raids in World War II. You know what the two words they put on that, on that church wall were? Father, forgive. Their church was devastated. And what they put on the back wall was, Father, forgive. 
You remember what we put September 11th? When we only lost two, two buildings and some 5,000 lives. You know what we put? Never forget. We're coming for you. We will not forget what you did to us until we have carried out retribution on you. And that's exactly what America did. But not the people of Coventry. The people of Coventry put those words that Jesus said from the cross. Father, forgive. And those words were not just uttered 2,000 years ago for the Roman soldiers that were crucifying our Lord. Nor were they uttered for the Jewish leaders that had betrayed him and handed him over. Or for Pontius Pilate. Or for the apostles. Those words were uttered for you and for me. And even uttered for our country and for the many sins that cry out to God. In the face of all of this, Christ has only two words for you. Father, forgive. But most of us, like Thomas today in the gospel, we just don't believe it. Or we believe it that, that God will do it for us, but we're not doing it for anybody else. We as humans are so cutthroat. An eye for an eye. We just can't imagine the extravagant mercy, the unconditional love and forgiveness. And so God proves it to us. How? First through his son, and then in the 1930s, through this little nun in Poland. Her name was Sister Maria Faustina Kowalska. She is known for her messages that she received from Jesus concerning his mercy. And the message was this, you guys. His mercy knows no limits. And what he desires more than anything else for you is the forgiveness of sin. That you and I be reconciled. But we have not heeded this message. Our confession lines are shorter than they've ever been in the history of the church. Nobody goes to confession. We don't seek mercy. Jesus is saying to you, to me, today, that no matter how long it's been, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times, no matter how terrible, if you come seeking mercy, he will simply say, Father, forgive. And so what are we supposed to do? Well, first, I think we should thank him profusely for the gift of his mercy. But maybe more importantly, to not take it for granted. That what happened 2,000 years ago on the cross, by name, for us, was our salvation. If I don't frequent the sacrament of confession, I want you to ask yourself, why? Why don't I? Am I just lazy? I think there's three reasons. At least the three that I've come up with. Either people are afraid... Because of what they've done. Or they don't think they're that bad of a person. Or they just don't believe it's necessary. Everybody's saved anyway. Why do I need to go to confession? If I'm going to commit the same sin again and again and again, what's the purpose? I don't ever get any better. You know, there was somebody that said that. His name was Martin Luther. He was a Catholic priest, and he left the priesthood, and he got rid of confession. 
And it is rumored that when he died, he said on his deathbed that he may have deprived many souls of salvation by degrading and downplaying the sacrament of confession. You guys, if you're afraid, remember the apostles were also afraid. And I will say the same thing to you in the confessional that Jesus said to his friends 2,000 years ago. No matter what you've committed, because they committed the most heinous crime in the history of humanity. They betrayed God to his death. I bet none of you have done that. And yet, he says to him, and I say to you, be at peace. It's okay. You can be free of this. I'm here not to condemn you. I'm here to heal you. To free you of the burden. I don't know if you guys know this story, but St. Margaret Mary, she had the the revelations of the Sacred Heart. So St. Faustina had the Divine Mercy. St. Margaret Mary had the, the Sacred Heart. And And when Jesus appeared to her and he was conversing with her, her spiritual director, she came to him and she's like, hey, I'm seeing Jesus. And he's like, right, yeah, you're seeing Jesus, okay. He's like, no, really, I'm seeing him. He's like, okay, yeah, you're seeing him. If you're seeing him, the next time you talk to him, I want you to ask Jesus what the sins of my last confession were. Because only Jesus would know that. And St. Margaret Mary's like, that's fine, I'll do that. So she leaves, a week later, comes back. priest is like, did you see him? "Uh Uh-huh. Did you ask him a question? "Uh Uh-huh. So what are the sins from my last confession? And St. Margaret Mary said, Jesus says he doesn't remember. Now, that's a cute little story, but as far as the theology of the sacrament of confession, it is 100% accurate. It's not like Jesus just says, oh, you know, do better. We'll just kind of, you know, just, we'll, we'll put these off to the side. No, they're erased. They don't exist in the mind and the heart of God anymore. He wants to free you. Second, if you don't think you're that bad of a person, you are. That's all I put. That's number two. You are. You're a mess. I'm a mess. We're all a mess. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you need a savior. If you think you're not that bad of a person, you don't need a savior. I can't get through a single day without committing a sin. And if that's the case, why are we not going to confession? We as humans often take the wide road. And most often, we're pretty pathetic. But this is good because it means you need a savior. I've said this a thousand times. I'm a loser. I'm a sinful loser. But I love Jesus. So I'm a sinful loser that loves Jesus. And that means there's hope. And I've grown immensely since I was your age. When I was a moron. I wasn't even a loser then. I was a complete fool. We are that bad. But if you begin to go, I promise that not only will you start to realize that you are that bad, but that you have, you'll start to feel the saving effects of the sacrament. The power of the sacrament. And that you can change. You're supposed to change. And finally, for those that don't think it's necessary, you did not listen to the gospel today. 
Jesus, it says, after breathing on them, says to the apostles, the first priest of his church, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, and whose sins you retain are retained. Why would Jesus give his church the commission and the power to forgive sins and then say, oh, confession, not necessary. The very reason he came was the forgiveness of sin. It's what he wants from you. Why? Because sin kills you. There's a reason we call it deadly. It kills the heart. It kills the soul. It's crazy to think that the very thing Jesus died for, he didn't have a sacrament for. He tells his apostles, go out and forgive sins. It is the one thing he wants. And most Catholics don't care. For the rest of this Mass, I want you to ask God to pour out his mercy upon all those here in this parish who are most in need of it. Those who are maybe most despairing right now. Those who are afraid. Those who don't see it as a necessity. Those who are convinced they don't need it. Maybe you know some of these people. Maybe you are these people. And on this feast of divine mercy, we pray that these people would return to the church and her sacraments, especially the sacrament of confession. And that they will come to know that the words, Father, forgive, were not merely words carved into a wall of a devastated cathedral in England at the end of World War II, but they were spoken from the cross by our God for us all. Father, forgive. May these words sink deep into our heart. And may we, through the frequent confession practice, come to know what divine mercy truly is.